Shabbat Shalom. Today, the holy day of rest, day of the Sabbath, the seventh day in which God rested after creating the heavens and the earth. It's very interesting to me, reflecting on society, reflecting on the human race. We're always racing somewhere. Everybody's racing. One person is racing for a promotion. Another person is racing towards his next sex partner. Yet another races for fame and glory. Some in sports, some in television, some in music, some in science. Some want world peace. We have the Nobel Peace Prize, right? Some are racing in, you know, so sociology and, and education and all, all of those human things that don't really make a difference. I mean, when you think of the human race, it ends in death. The race has an ending point because it has a starting point. Everything that has a beginning has an end. Why would you spend your entire existence on this side of eternity racing towards a dead end? See, what is interesting to me is that everything is written, everything is known, and there is nothing new under the sun. The end has already been proclaimed to us. If you really want to know, the truth, want to know what's going to happen, you have your scripture, you have a book written by men, yes, but ordained by God. And he tells you everything that is about to take place. It's your choice to believe it or not. You see, God does not need you. He wants you, yes, but he doesn't need you. You, on the other hand, needs God yet you do not want him. Isn't that interesting? Didn't they teach you when you were young not to bite the hand that feeds you? Yet you keep biting on God's hand and claiming that there is no hand. Right? You're using that there is no spoon line on God. There is no spoon. Well, you're right, there is no spoon, but there is a God. <laughs> and he creates food. He created you. So what is it with you, a bunch of rebellion, rebellious people, that you are so prideful, so arrogant, that you cannot even stand a good, logical debate about God? See, I was just watching a documentary about the Temple Mount, you know, talking about the Third Temple, we had the Temple of Solomon, then we had the Second Temple, and now we're discussing the Third Temple. And there has been a century-long argument regarding the location of the Temple. As you may or may not know, Jerusalem is a pretty small place. And where the old city of Jerusalem lies, we have the, the Dome of the Rock, Al-Maqsa, which is located on the Temple Mount, a place called the Temple Mount. We also have the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall, 
which most Jews nowadays refer to the last standing wall of the courtyard of where the the temple, the holy temple, used to stand. And since about the 12th century, people just agreed, just like that. We just agreed. We started some one of this very charismatic rabbi decided that we're going to settle this matter regarding the location of the temple and he decided the holy temple used to be on the temple mount where the dome of the rock is and since then tradition has kept it that way even though there are archaeological proof evidence that the holy temple was actually not located where it is commonly accepted it was actually located in the city of david next to the Gihon Springs, Mayan Gihon. Because you see, the Holy Temple had to be located next to a water source for all the different ceremonies and the cleansing and the sacrifices of the animals. And there is only one natural water source, just one spring in Jerusalem that could have given that amount of water. And that is next to the Gihon Springs, which is in the city of David. You see, for about 800, 900 years, we've been praying at the wrong location, even though there are physical evidence that the temple had not even been there. Yet, when you try to debate one of those Hasidic Orthodox Jews, it's not that they have an argument to support their claim, it's just that they wouldn't even have an argument because tradition says so and why would you challenge tradition even though it goes against the truth see people don't want the truth they want tradition they want what feels right what feels good well if my fathers did it and my mother did it then it must be true you know we've been doing it this way for thousands of years right i mean you go to india they keep burning their dead and spreading them over the, the Ganges River, right? They've been doing it for thousands of years. I mean, if you told them all of a sudden, well, there is a God and you actually shouldn't, you know, cremate the bodies because they, if you want to get to heaven, you must follow Jesus, which is the truth. Yet it goes against the tradition, so they wouldn't have it. Go preach to a Muslim guy. They're not going to have it. Well, we've been believing in Muhammad for all these years. Who are you with this Jesus thing? No, you guys are Christians, we're Muslims, you guys are Jews, we're this, we're that. Well, they say in Hebrew, Every man will live by his own faith. But you see, that is not true, because not every man will live by his own faith. There's only one faith that leads to life, and that is in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life, the only path that leads to the Father, God, the creator of the universe. Yes, he created everyone and everything, but there is only one way to get to him. Now, the Orthodox Jews, the Hasidic Jews might say, well, we had Judaism way before Jesus, and way before his time, and Jesus, you know, he, he rejected the Torah, and he had his own teachings, and he, he took the Jewish ways and perverted them. Well, some say that, well, Yes, and Judaism did exist before the time of Jesus, but you got to understand Yeshua was a fulfillment of a prophecy, of a promise to send us a Messiah, someone who will redeem 
Israel from the curse of the law, from the yoke, the burden of having to live by all these different religious laws. He redeemed us so that instead of being God's slaves, we can be his children. You see, when you are a slave to someone, you cannot redeem yourself by your own merit because you are his property. Somebody else has to pay you off, has to pay for you in order for you to be redeemed. How can I redeem myself from slavery if I don't have a thing because I'm a slave? If you are born to slavery, you are not a member, you are, you are not a partaker of the inheritance because you do not belong to the family. But if you are a son to that family, then surely you have a part in the inheritance. See, Jesus came to break that yoke of slavery, to release us, to free us. He didn't come to start a new religion. There is no such thing as Christianity, Natsrut. Natsrut is called what you call people, Natsri is a Christian from the, the word Natsrat, which is Nazareth. So really Christians should be Nazarites because you're following the, the, the cult of Nazareth. But really Jesus was Jewish, Yeshua. He came for the Jews. And as part of that promise, he opened the door to the rest of the world, to the Gentiles. I mean, each and every one of you listening to this, if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. I don't care where you're from, European, American, African, you're all Gentiles. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. It's all there is, Jews and Gentiles. But Jesus opened the door so that you Gentiles can join God's family. He didn't reject the Jews. That's, that's not at all what he came here to do. The other way around, he came to free the Jews. But because of tradition, Jews were so consumed with how it's always been, right? Even though it wasn't always, but it was long enough for them to believe it was always, that when someone came along and said, guys, uh, actually, uh, you're going the wrong way. Uh, the truth is actually here. The temple was actually located somewhere else. There's nobody home. Nobody wants to hear about it. They don't care. They don't want the truth. They want tradition. I mean, and if we rejected Jesus, who was the son of God, speaking truth, performing miracles left and right, resurrecting people, I mean, what do you think they're going to do to you? <laughs> do you really think they're going to listen? Probably not. But it's not our job to make them listen. Our job is to speak the word of God. I'm not here to convince anyone. I'm just here to do what my father tells me to do. I'm his servant. He tells me to speak, so I speak. If you want to listen, good. If not, well, that, that is your choice. My father has given you free will. You can do whatever you want with it. But don't say that you have never heard it. Don't say that nobody offered you the truth, because that is a lie. And our father in heaven knows the deepest secrets within your heart. You can lie to me, you can lie to yourself, but you cannot lie to God. He knows who you really are deep down, and he knows what you cherish most. Is it the truth, or is it tradition? You have to make a choice. Stick with the wrong way that you and your forefathers have been going, or make a Jew turn and start walking in righteousness. Shabbat Shalom.